Good evening, Converge Church. How y'all doing today? Man, I was reading some scriptures, and I know this is one in Psalm 34, 18. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. Man, if that doesn't give you that urge to lift your hand, lift your voice to the King of Kings that saves the crushed spirit, I don't know what will. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. So I want you to stand up with me and sing this song. So I know you're in this moment, God. I know your presence is in this room. I know you are saving. I know you are setting people free mentally, emotionally, physically, Father God. And so we just lift that up to you today, this evening, Father God, right where we are. You said we don't have to be, come to you perfectly, but you will make us perfect, Father God, in the image of God. And so we love you and we thank you. Come on, y'all, put your hands together. We will not be moved. You're standing with us. We will not be moved. When everything around me is shaking, not changing, we will not be, we will not be moved.
wake up each morning, lay our heads in rest, and not knowing that if we're going to have breath in our lungs the next day, or even the next second or moment. And so, Father God, I thank you that we are in this room, breathing your presence in, knowing that you walk beside us each and every second of the day. God, I'm grateful to be able to lift my voice, lift my hands, and just to say, Abba Father, I love you. Not because of what you've done for me, but because of who you are. And God, I thank you for being alive, changing Father. On this Father's Day, we can. And then all God's people say, Happy Saturday and welcome to our in-person worship experience. We are so happy to see each of you here today. We see some friends from Preston Trail. Thank you for coming. We appreciate you. We appreciate your partnership and and everything that you all are doing to help us bring the vision and mission that God has given Converge Church to bear. So thank you for being here tonight. Converge, I'm gonna do something just a little different. If I can take just a quick minute and ask you guys to give a loud shout out to Converge Nation. They are not here in person, but they will be watching tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. online. They are what we affectionately call VFAM, our virtual family. So just give them a shout out, make them feel welcome. We appreciate their partnership with us. Thank you. What's up, Converge Nation? We will see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. bright and sharp. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Just a quick bit of history for those of you that may not know. On January 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, thus abolishing slavery. On June 19th, 1865, Major General Gordon Granger say that five times fast, <laughs> landed in Galveston, Texas, and brought news to the slaves that were still under Confederate control there that they were free. Thus, slavery for some ended about two and a half years later than for others, and that is why we are recognizing today. So happy Juneteenth. Amen. We want to take a few minutes also to welcome some very special guests. If you are a first-time guest with us, thank you for choosing to worship with us today. We appreciate your presence. As a small token of appreciation, we do have a gift we'd like to give you. It's just our way of saying thank you for joining us. So if you'd stop by the Welcome Center at the end of the worship experience, one of our servant leaders in one of these Converge t-shirts can help you and give you that gift. All righty? All right. So we have a few things going on today and in the weeks ahead that I want to make you aware of. First of all, happy Father's Day to all fathers, all father figures. We love you and we appreciate the vital role that each of you plays in the lives of our children. So happy Father's Day. And Converge, I need you to stand up for this one because we cannot talk about Father's Day without recognizing the father of this house, Pastor Ray Harmon.
Pastor Ray, we love you, and we are so grateful for the Father's heart that you have for your children here at Converge, and even globally. We know your reach is far and wide. We know that your heart for us and your love for us is just a small demonstrable gift or glimpse of God's love for us. So we appreciate you as the father of this house. We honor you and we love you. Happy Father's Day, Pastor Ray. Today, we're also doing something a little special. We are doing baby dedications. Yes. Here at Converge, baby dedications are a special time of prayer with the parents and the godparents, and it's our way of dedicating the little bundles of joy back to God. So we are so grateful that you guys are here just to participate in this moment with us. It will be coming later in the service. Few more announcements, and I will get out of you guys' way. Summer Bible Immersion Campaign is underway. It is never too late to start. So basically what we're doing is we're reading a corresponding chapter of Exodus each day. If you haven't started, you can start today on day 19. I promise it is worth it. We're asking that you do two things. We're asking that you journal, either write it down in your notebook or even on your smartphone. Just write down the observations that you're gleaning from each chapter that you read. And then second, we're asking you to pray. Pray that God would help you to apply everything that you're reading, everything that you're learning in your daily lives, in your spiritual walk, in your relationships and such. All right? Okay, so I need you guys to listen closely to this one. On Saturday, June 3rd, we will, July, thank you. How's Pastor Ray say it loud and wrong? <laughs> Saturday, July 3rd, we will not be having in-person worship service. And we will not be having Converge online on Sunday, July 4th. It's in an observance of Independence Day weekend. We know it's a time where families travel. We want you to just to rest, regroup, connect with your families. But we will see you back live and in person on Saturday, July 10th. <laughs> and then we also have Converge merch available for purchase. If you'd like to purchase it, you can stop by our merch table at the end of the worship experience, or you can do so safely and securely online by going to www.store.weareconverge.com. Um, then Wilhelmina, prayer request. <laughs> we do have a prayer request card for those of you who are here in person. So if you have a prayer request, you can fill out this card. They are available out in the lobby. You can stop by the Welcome Center, and then we'll make sure that we get it into the hands of our team so that we can be praying for you. And Converge Nation, we didn't forget about you. You can go to www.weareconverge.com, click Connect, and then click Prayer Request, and you can submit a safe and secure prayer request that way. All right? So now we've reached the blessed life segment of our worship experience. And I have a question I'd like to ask you guys. Have you heard the church saying we are blessed to be a blessing? Yes. In, these, in, in this day and age, in these times, it can feel kind of unoriginal, kind of overused, kind of irrelevant. But as I was thinking about today, we are blessed to be a blessing. Every gift that we receive, not just monetary, but every single gift that we receive is a blessing from God. And it is not just for us to be a repository and keep those gifts to ourselves, but we should be a free-flowing conduit 
where we can bless each other, bless others, and take the gospel to the nations. So again, here at Converge, we have a no hassle guarantee. We'd love for you to participate and support us in this vision and mission, but, and if you'd like to, there are multiple ways that you can do it. First, you can go safely and securely online to www.weareconverge forward slash give, or you can text Converge Give to 77977. And then in this moment, if you'd like to give here in person, we do have some ushers in the aisles with envelopes and ink pens. We ask that you fill that out in its entirety and you can drop it in the receptacle at the end of the worship experience. Amen? Amen. So thank you for partnering with us. Let us pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for each seed sown into good ground today. We thank you that Converge Church is good ground. It is fertile soil, and that every seed sown would go to help build your kingdom, Father. We pray for each home and each person that is able to give, God, and we pray for those that would love to but are unable. We thank you, God, that we would be good stewards and that we are good stewards of every seed sown, and we bless your name for helping us build the kingdom. We love you, God. We thank you. We appreciate you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience, everyone. <laughs> Dad Life 2020. 10 years later, 20 pounds heavier. Back at it again. Check me. Still rocking the docks, tall socks and crocs. Got some gray in the go, call me Silver Fox. Got that ornamental turtle, stakes on the weather. Ten years later, looking better than ever. I'm a middle class hustler. When it comes to saving money, I'm a buster. Keep an iron grip on that thermostat. AC. When we leave the house, I'ma crank it up to 80. I don't spend a dime on those name brands. Spent the last 10 years in the same pants. Got that meal plan. You know I'm saving the bunch. Brown bagging for the fam every day for lunch. Eat up. I've been working on that reno, got them paints and stains. Ship lapping like a boss, you can call me Chip Gaines. My window panes thermal treated for efficiency. They'll pay for themselves by 2043. I turn a honeydew list into honey done. I can flip a half bath in a half day, son. I'm in the zone, I'm on my grind, and I only had to use YouTube four times. Dad life, dad life, button down plaid life. What you know about? About that burger flipping dad life telling jokes diet cokes it ain't a bad life it's a dad life introducing young daddy i may be new to the game but i'm rolling in smooth anything is possible new dad attitude crib locked down like it's fort knox baby proof and you know that food non-gmo that's the truth Pass on the Mickey D. Nope. Not gonna give them the mac and cheese. Uh -huh. Not gonna give them a sugar drink. Pass. I only give them that gluten free. Uh -huh. Yes, indeed. Uh -huh. Bye bye, baby gift card. Yeah, I'm swiping that. Stinky baby booty, no sweat. Yeah, I'm wiping that. I'm in grandpa mode. Yeah, my kids got kids. I'ma spoil those babies every chance I get. Hit the park, then the zoo on my brand new hip. Last stop, Dairy Queen. Get that double dip. They call me Peepaw. And that's a fact to me and Meemaw. Going rogue with the snacks. If you didn't want my grandkids eating.
eating the sweets? Then you should have thought twice before you left them with me. I got a smartphone, but I don't know how to use it. Text message font size bigger than a Buick. Saw a funny video, I want to send it to you. But I can't figure out how to get it off the YouTube. Roll up to the pool, turning heads. I don't even care if I embarrass my kids. Sunbathing, I'm a feast for the senses. Got my glasses on, transitional lenses. Dad life, dad life, no, you can't get chat life. What you know about that burger flipping dad life? Raising teens, birds and bees. It ain't a bad life, it's a dad life. Hot rods, hot dogs, working on my dad bod. Flexing on the beat in my burger flipping big dogs. Taking naps, seat paps. It ain't a bad life, it's a dad life. It's dad life 2020. If you missed the original dad life, go to www.youtube.com forward slash watch the question mark V, the equal sign, a capital D, a capital O, a capital K, the lowercase U, the capital S. A capital Q, a capital I, a capital J, the lowercase L, lowercase O, and lowercase G. It's easy as that. All righty. Yes, yes, yes. That was smooth, baby. Come on, let's go this way. I'm just glad this wasn't my first date. For all of you online, <laughs> I would be embarrassed, but I'm not. <laughs> so we are so did, glad to you have you all here. For those of you who don't know me, I am Pastor Wendy Harmon. I belong to him, mm -hmm. and we do thank you. Yes. I'm very glad that you my baby daddy, so happy <laughs> Father's Day. Got thank a little you. lamb chops on the grill for you, but right now lamb we aren't going to speak of that we are getting ready for a very exciting part in our life as believers Absolutely. and as church goers and as Christ followers we are getting ready for our baby dedication and so we have the Lyles family coming on up so girls come on up and bring mommy Tiandria is coming and with Jonathan is here as well. Jonathan served this yes. evening here with our is. worship team. Yes. Uh, so the ushers are going to direct you as you come. And uh, we have the awesome privilege of celebrating this important milestone with the Lyles family as they dedicate their handsome bundle of joy, Kaysen. And as they come, just so you know, this has been a tradition uh, for our church for several years. And it's one of the ways that we get to celebrate and honor fathers and families as well on Father's Day. Why don't you guys come on this way? I'm going to move down this way slightly. Baby dedication, it is not a time when we determine the baby's salvation. It is time for us to come together as a community and make a commitment. It's just not for the parents, but we as a church community are making a commitment that when we see the children, we're going to be nice to them. We're going to teach them the way of God. When we see them doing something maybe that they shouldn't do or doing things that kids do, we aren't going to be mean and harsh to them. 
we are going to correct them lovingly. You know, um, there was a book that came out years ago, and it's an African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child, and it does. It does take a healthy village, and I'm excited about this because I told uh, Jonathan about it. The girls a couple weeks ago came, and they were like, Pastor Wendy, can I have money for some soak homes? And I made sure that I got money from my daughter out of her purse <laughs> to give them cash for snow cones. And so Jonathan was saying, oh, you know, don't ask Pastor Wendy that. And I was so glad that they did. I had seen a show on Netflix a few weeks ago and it was talking about mothers and daughters. And one of the young ladies in there, her mother just had some struggles in life. So the grandmother raised her. And she said, she had this testimony about her church. She said, when my mother came in, when my grandmother came and got my sister and I to live with her, my grandmother started taking us to church. And she said, it was at that church that I found out that I was beautiful, that I could do anything, that I was special and that God loved me. And when I saw that, I said, that's the kind of church that I want Converge Church to be. So I told Jonathan the whole story about the show and everything that I want the girls to come and ask me for money for snow cones because I want them to have that testimony that at my church, the people were kind. I got snow cone money. We had fun. I actually had packed in some juice boxes last week and some little Nilla wafers, but they weren't here. And I forgot them this week, but guess what? Next week, not next week, the week after that, I'm gonna have a little treat for you. Because I purposed in my heart that I want Converge Church to be a place where the children feel safe and they feel loved. But now back to the parents. Thank you for doing what the Bible says. In Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And so you could just have your little family and just come and serve at church, but you're actually doing what Jesus himself asks us to do. And so we honor that gift um, in you as parents. We thank you for being active participants in the healthy next generation. And I don't say that being funny. I say that with all respect. If we aren't fruitful and we don't multiply, we don't perpetuate the legacy of Christ in the earth. And so we've got plenty of room for some more babies. So if y'all feel like you just want to fill the place up, we will be here for you. <laughs> but we want to come and we want to dedicate. I'm getting all my babies' names mixed up. Kaysen, I was about to call him Kyle. It's Kaysen, because I always call him Little Brown Sugar Lump. And so we're going to dedicate Kaysen to the Lord. And we just thank you that you are Christ's followers and that he has an opportunity to live the life that God designed for him in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is not just biology that has come together. This is a soul assigned from heaven with a plan and a destiny on his life. So as you dedicate Kaysen, we are going to commit to being that healthy, safe space for him. So Converge, we're gonna ask that you get involved too. So stretch your hand toward Kaysen. Girls, you wanna pray for your brother? Let's come over here and let's, you can put your hand on Kaysen, you can put your hand on his leg, and we're gonna pray for him, okay? Lord Jesus, we thank you for Kaysen. Lord, we thank you that before the foundations of the earth were established, Lord, you knew when you would call him for such a time as this. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name that you would go before him. We thank you that he will be a voice in his generation. And Lord Jesus, we just declare over his life that all the days of his life that he would trust you. 
Lord, we pray over Case and that he would never stray into the far country, Heavenly Father. We thank you that all the good that you've put in him, it would not be stolen or or, or havoc would not be wreaked upon his life. We thank you for his parents. Lord, we thank you with long life will you satisfy them and they will see their children's children's children according to your promise. Lord, we thank you for Kaysen. We thank you that even as a young man, you would begin to reveal your purpose and your yes. plan for his life, Lord. We pray a hedge of protection around him that no weapon formed against him would ever prosper, Lord. We thank, thank you, you that he'll be a gift to his teachers. He'll be a leader to his friends he will be a blessing to his sisters and he will just be just a jewel to his parents heavenly father we thank you that he is here lord we trust you to do everything that we've prayed for and beyond for case in lyle thank you, father. in jesus mighty name we pray amen. amen amen yeah come on converge let's celebrate Kaysen and this important milestone in his life and his family's life and one of our traditions here at Converge is we always like to be a part of giving uh, these little bundles of joy their first Bible. Uh, so this is baby's first Bible, and it's got some amazing Bible stories and pictures that mom and dad can read to Kaysen at night uh, when they tuck him in. And so again, as a community of faith, we all get to partner with the Lyles, and our commitment is to God and to the Lyles family that we will do our part to make sure that we partner with them as they raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. One more time, let's show our love for the Lyles family. God bless you, and thank you so much for celebrating with us. excited to sing this next song. It's called Run to the Father, Fall into Grace. I'm done with my hiding. My heart is ready to say yes. And so I want to ask you guys just to stand with me one more time before Pastor Ray comes up. And let's really just focus on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
my father figure was God. And of course my grandpa too, but man, there was just things that I could talk to him about that I couldn't talk to nobody else. And so when we sing this song, don't just sing the words. Own the words. I run to the Heavenly Father, on this Father's Day, we come just as we are. We run to the Father. And we thank you, Lord, that today, right now, in this moment, we have found a surgeon and our souls have found a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Lord, without hesitation or reservation, without condemnation, without shame, and without judgment, we draw near to you. And your promise, Father, is that you will draw near to us. So this Father's Day, both individually and collectively, we choose to run to the Father. To run to the Father. To run to your mercy. To run to your grace to run to your loving kindness and your tender mercies that are new every morning and new every moment. This Father's Day, God, as we celebrate these amazing fathers, father figures and mentors and teachers, Father, we acknowledge you. Abba, Daddy God, and we find rest in you and in your love. And everyone who believes and agrees, just shout. Come on now. Let's just, that's okay at Converge to shout a good amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're honored, deeply honored 
that you've chosen to join us for Father's Day right here at Converge. We know that you have options. Listen, you live in Texas and you're right on the buckle of the Bible Belt, a lot of incredible churches where you could find community, where you could grow spiritually, but we're honored that you've chosen to take this journey uh, with us. Once again, I'd like to honor all the fathers who are here tonight, father figures, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, for those uh, who may have uh, lost your father, uh, uh, maybe recently, it may have been years, uh, God's promise is that he is a father uh, to the fatherless. And so tonight, we're reminded of that. Uh, listen, uh, our souls have found a friend in him. Amen? All right, listen, we're going to dive into the word together. And uh, <laughs> uh, I I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous because it's 547. Come on, somebody. I don't know if I'll get you out of here in time to beat the Catholics to lubies, but I'll do my best. If you're late for dinner, come on, somebody. Blame it on Chad and the worship team. Don't blame it on Pastor Ray. And uh, no, but we're going to dive into the word together. This will be my first sermon in four weeks. So your pastor came loaded. Come on. So you never know what might happen tonight, but we trust that the Lord will minister to you in a very specific way. This is week three of our sermon series uh, that we're calling Get Out. And uh, we've been taking this journey uh, through the book of Exodus, and, and we believe uh, that, uh, that there are some life lessons, some principles that we can glean from the text, uh, the historical, historical text, the narrative that we find in the book of Exodus. Many of you have been reading along uh, every day uh, for the last 18 days, and uh, today I want to uh, share a message with you that's simply titled, Get Out! of your own way. <laughs> mm -hmm. let, me, let me say that once again for good measure, just so it sinks in. Because I know I've been guilty of it before where I go to church and I listen to a message and I think about all the people who could really benefit from that message except me. Uh, may I submit to you tonight, Converge Church, that today's message is, is about self-examination. It's about looking inward because sometimes the greatest enemy that hinders us is not external, it's internal. It's the enemy inner me. And that's the enemy we're going to confront tonight, Converge Church, because you can only conquer what you confront and you can only confront what you identify. And sometimes in order to identify the enemy that's keeping us held back when God has already opened the door is me. So today, I believe that the Lord wants us to learn some principles about how we can get out our own way. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, before you go around, Taking the speck out your brother's eye. How about you deal with the log, the plank in your own eye? And Todd, I don't know if this is true, but, but this is just my theory on that scripture. Uh, uh, if you and I would deal with the log in our own eye, 
we might realize that what we thought was a speck in our brother's eye wasn't even there to begin with because what we were dealing with was impaired vision. Because of the logs in our own eye that we haven't dealt with that caused us to think we saw a speck in our brother's eye. So Jesus said, get out your own way. So today is a little bit about, come on, some Key Whitman, some LASIK. Y'all ready for some of that? Y'all can tell I listen to too much radio. Key Whitman. All right, so here it is. Let's pray, and we'll dive into the Word together. Father, we love you. We honor you. And on this Father's Day, we draw near to your Word with humility and reverence. Speak to our hearts as only you can. We trust you to do that now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen and amen. I've chosen for our anchor text, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. Uh, In fact, this is the anchor text for this series. Uh, We kind of went forward in order to go backwards, meaning we went to the New Testament text to help direct us and guide us as we're reading through the book of Exodus, right? So what we read in the book of Exodus is not far removed from who we are. It's not some kind of antiquated narrative. In fact, Paul is admonishing the church in Corinth, a church that was very spiritual. They came behind in no spiritual gifts, but he rebuked them for being very carnal. So they could pray. They knew the word. The gifts of the spirit were in free operation, but they were extremely carnal, meaning they were driven by their flesh and their impulses, not the spirit of God. They were a spiritual church, but side by side with their spirituality was the fact that they allowed their toxic emotions to often override what God wanted to do in them spiritually. And in order to correct it, in order to help them with these course corrections, Paul says to them, you got to go back to this narrative, your history in the book of Exodus because there are some life lessons on how God dealt with his people Israel that still have application and relevance for you today. And how many of you realize as we read the scripture, these are real people with real problems experiencing a real God with real solutions. In fact, James said it this way when he talks about Elijah, right? Because sometimes we read the Bible and we read about Elijah and Moses and Abraham and we think somehow these people are superhuman. But they're ordinary people just like you and me, called of God, graced by God to do what they did. They are everyday Clark Kents apart from the spirit and the presence of God. And so James says in James chapter 5 that Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Meaning Elijah was no different, but somehow he could pray and God could withhold the rain for three years. We read that sometimes, Koketso, and say, oh, these guys were special. They were set apart. I could never. And these were ordinary men subject to like passions as we are. So when we read scripture, we have to understand that these are real people, just like you and me, with real problems experiencing a real God with real solutions and real answers. So Paul says, the problem in your church can be addressed by going back 
and looking at the example of God's interaction with his people Israel. So the text picks up in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. It says, now all these things, I like that word all. It's all inclusive. It says, now all these things happened to them. Why? They happened to them as what? Examples. I don't know about you. Wisdom that comes from following someone else's example costs a whole lot less than wisdom you glean from personal experience. I'd rather learn from the, Israel's mis the Israelites' mistakes in, 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 in the book of Exodus than go through it myself. And what God is saying is, if you will simply go back to the word, I will let the word be guardrails for you so that you don't detour and suffer the consequences that they did. He says all these things happened. Why? It happened to them for our benefit, for our example. And then he goes on. He goes on. So you wonder, why are we reading the book of Exodus? This is why. It happened to them so that we could learn. It happened to them as examples. Number two, and they were written for our admonition. The other word for admonition is warning. The whole book of Exodus is written to us as a cautionary tale of what not to do. Every time you read the book of Exodus, it should be a yellow light. Slow down, pump the brakes, and take notice of what's about to happen. So that you, listen, we say it here at Converge. In fact, just, just pray this simple one-line prayer with me. Y'all ready for it? Just repeat it after me. Lord, come on, put some soul in that thing. Come on, get, get, get it deep, deep down here from your, your, your Levi likes the word core, right? So let's get it deep down from our core. Here it is. Lord, make me a one-lap Christian. You say, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? Listen. Listen. The Israelites marched around the desert for 40 years because they didn't get the lesson the first time. And God is so committed to you. And he's so committed to me that he can't let you go from Egypt to the wilderness and from the wilderness into the promise until you learn the lessons of the wilderness. And God said, okay, you didn't get it the first time? Right, let's go one more lap. God's like, I got time. And here are the Israelites, a lot like us, we confuse activity with progress. And we steady going in circles. And God said, let's keep going. Uh, what's supposed to take you 21 days is going to take you 40 years because our obedience to God schedules our seasons. Our obedience to God schedules our seasons. Most of us think we got, we're waiting on God. God said, I'm waiting on you. If you get this lesson on this leg of your journey, we move on to the next thing. You don't get to trigonometry and calculus until you learn the lesson of algebra. All right, verse 12. 
It says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. For those of us who like to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and say, man, I got this all figured out. I got this. Why are you tripping? Right? For all the control freaks in the room who think you're invincible. He says, check this out, man. It says, take heed. Pump the brakes lest you fall. Now, there's some consolation in verse 13, and here it is. Paul writes, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So if you're going through a hard place right now, you feel like you're somewhere between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army, God says, you're not alone. You're not the only one. This is not unique to you. That's the first area of consolation. That if it's happened before and if it's happened to others and God has brought them through, guess what? He is no respecter of persons and he will bring you through as well. Listen, there is no temptation, no test, no trial except that which is common to man. And then Paul goes on, Paul goes on uh, and he says, uh, oh, I love this. But God is faithful. It has very little to do with you and everything to do with the faithfulness of God. For those of us who are self-confident, for those of us who are self-reliant, Paul is saying, it ain't about you. It is about the faithfulness of our God. The scripture says, even when we're unfaithful, God remains faithful because he can't deny himself. He can't stop being God because of my failures. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And then it says, but with, uh, I'm sorry, it says, who will not allow you to be tested or tempted beyond what you are able to bear? But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. Somebody say, get out. Juxtaposed side by side with the temptation is the way out that God has already prepared. So when we say get out, it's almost as if it's like God's opened the prison door while you're still sitting in there. He says with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape so that you and I don't have to stay stuck in that place. Are y'all checking? Are y'all tracking with me? And I'm going to finish the text and then we'll dive into three quick lessons that will help you and help me get out our own way. Verse 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. I want you to hear that for a second. I don't know what you're going through, but the scripture declares that our God is so faithful that he will not allow you to endure anything that you can't handle. If you'll lean on his grace, which is sufficient. Are y'all with me? And then he closes out and says he'll make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Say that with me one more time. Get out! 
Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. So here it is. Number one, number one. Y'all ready? Well, well, all my students here, all my note takers, y'all ready for point number one? We're talking about how to get out our own way. You, you ready? We, we, we're about to get out our own way. Uh, because sometimes the problem ain't what's out there, it's what's in here. So number one, whew, if, Converge Church, you're going to get out your own way. Number one, you have to look at patterns, not just potential. Ah, if you're going to get out your own way, if you're going to stop the bleeding, if you're going to break the cycle, don't just look at potential, observe the patterns. The patterns and the rhythms in your own life. Because if it's true, if what the scripture says is true, everybody in this room got potential. In fact, Ralph Waldo Emerson said it this way, every man, every woman has a greater possibility. A greater possibility than you are experiencing right now. Everybody in this room. So I can look at everybody in this room and say, man, they got great potential. Oh, she's got great potential. Oh, they got great potential. But what keeps us from actualizing the potential that we have? What keeps us from walking in the possibilities that God has prepared for us? May I submit to you? It's the patterns. It's the patterns. It's the patterns. And I want to talk about this, but let me, let me just say, let me just give you a working definition so you can make the distinction between potential, and it will help you with some of the frustration. It has helped me with some of the frustration in my life because when I think I'm under, uh, uh, under utilizing or maybe not really experiencing what I believe to be my t- potential, the first place I go is the patterns. The patterns that are undermining the possibilities. Ain't nobody doing it to you. You're doing it to yourself. The patterns and the rhythms that you have built into your life that are undermining uh, your potential. So just in case you're wondering what I mean, here it is, here it is, here it is. Potential is defined. Oh, I love this. That which is possible as opposed to that which is actual. It ain't real yet. It hasn't manifested yet. But it has built within it the inherent possibility to come to pass. So we're saying this is possible, but it ain't real yet. It could happen. It ain't happened yet. And what's keeping it from happening could be my patterns. Y'all pretty quiet in this Presbyterian church right now. Here we go. Potential is defined as capable of being or becoming. When someone says you have potential... They're saying you are capable of being or becoming something. And we get so excited. Oh, you have so much potential. It's possible but not actual. You are capable of being and becoming. Here's the next thing. It is a latent excellence that may, here it is, that may or may not be developed. And whether it is developed or not goes back to your patterns. What you and I choose to do daily. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to patterns. Let me tell you what patterns are. Patterns, it is a combination. It ain't just one thing, y'all. Your pattern is a combination of qualities, actions, woo, here it is, tendencies. Mm-hmm. Tendencies, proclivities, inclinations that you have that form a consistent or characteristic arrangement. So you got some tendencies. There are certain things you gravitate toward that become actions. And over time, it becomes a consistent characteristic of your life. Even though God says you have these possibilities, you have the potential to become. But what is hindering you is your patterns. Here it is. I got to go fast. I got to go fast. Here it is. Potential speaks to what is possible. Patterns speak to what is predictable. I want you to hear this. Your potential speaks to what is possible about your life, what could happen. But your patterns, they speak to what's predictable. So whether or not you actualize your potential is determined by what is predictable about your life. So if somebody says you have the potential to be a world-class bodybuilder, and I look at your patterns, of diet and exercise, even though you have the potential, I can tell you for a fact, you and I will never become world-class bodybuilders until we change our patterns. And most times in life, we measure people by their potential. Oh, they're so talented. Oh, they're so gifted. That just needs to be developed. Bruh, if I spend enough time with you, I can tell whether that potential will be fulfilled or not, just by your patterns. Because potential speaks to what is possible. Patterns speak to what is predictable. One of the best ways to predict future performance is by observing and identifying past and present behavior. Future performance by identifying past and present. Because it's possible that somebody may have had a past behavior and they change. But if in their present patterns, they still the same, it is an indicator of future performance. So God is saying to everybody in this room that we each have incredible potential. But the thing that often holds us back and undermines our potential is our patterns. Are y'all with me? So say this with me, observe the pattern, predict the outcome. It's not rocket science. Observe the pattern. You can predict the outcome. Because the scripture says a man will do what? He will reap what? Ain't rocket science. That's what Paul was saying. You and I reap in life what we sow. Our patterns determine our outcomes. And the Lord says, this is an example. Woo! I don't know if I can even, this is just my introduction. 
Now, why is this important? This is important. Let me tell you why this is important, Converge Church. <laughs> Let me tell you why this is important. It is important because within every pattern, within every pattern that you have in your life, lies the seed of self-leadership to do the right thing or self-sabotage when you choose to do the wrong thing. Inside every pattern, when you observe the patterns of great achievers, they're either leading themselves to do the right thing or there is a cycle of, listen to it, self-sabotage. Ain't nobody doing it to you. There are patterns, decisions, tendencies that are sabotaging your potential and my potential. I'm, I'm including myself. Notice what the scripture says. Self-leadership, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, for the spirit of God, or the, for the spirit God gave us, this is the NIV, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and what? Self-discipline. Power, love, and a sound mind. The word is, thank you so much. Ah, come on, somebody. The word translated sound mind is more accurately translated self-discipline. So when you were born again and the Spirit of God flooded your heart, he brought with him this grace called self-discipline. All you and I have to do is turn on the switch of self-discipline. Here's the second thing the scripture says about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can adjust and modify our patterns. You have the spirit of self-discipline, 2 Timothy 1.7. Here's the second one. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Here it is. But the fruit of the spirit. Listen, what Paul is saying is when the spirit of God is active in our lives, here it is when you and I are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it's going to produce some things. He talks about these nine fruits. That is the outworking of the Holy Spirit. When we allow the Holy Spirit to do what he's supposed to do in our lives, here it is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. So when the Holy Spirit came and made his home in me, he gave me the ability to have self-discipline and self-control. Now, notice what self-sabotage says. Because in all of my patterns, I'm either going to be leading myself to do the right thing as the Spirit of God empowers me, not in my own strength, or I'm going to manifest self-sabotage. <sighs> Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. Is this helping anybody yet this morning, this evening, this today? Here it is. Uh, uh, Proverbs 25, 28. It says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Y'all see that? A man or a woman who has no control over, not your neighbor's spirit, ha, the devil is a liar, not your spouse spirit, over your own, listen, the hardest person you will ever lead is yourself. It's so easy to tell everybody else what to do. 
The hardest person you will ever lead is yourself to do the right thing. And the scripture says, a person who cannot rule their own spirit. And here's how we say it at, at, at Converge. Listen, I'm going to look right in the camera. The more emotional you are, the less rational you become. That's what he's talking about right here. If you can't have rule over your own, if you live an emotion-led life, you are guaranteed a miserable life. If you live a life that is driven by your feelings and you don't have rule over your own spirit to make a rational, logical decision, all you do is just feel your way through life. Hmm? I'm talking about how to get out your own way. Don't become fixated with the potential you have. You got to ask God, what are the patterns that are keeping me back from experiencing the fullness of what you have for me? Listen, y'all, I am so tempted right now to preach the rest of this message, but we're out of time. So this is what we're going to do. Jesus, help me. Let me finish this message. Can I finish it? Give me a couple more minutes. I'll go fast and furious. Come on, F9. That's coming out July when? Stephen Jenkins, I know you know when it comes out. Fast and furious. Next Friday. Come on, somebody. Converge men. Fast and furious opening night. Man, I thought y'all were going to be roaring or something, man. Y'all going to come or not? <laughs> You're not sure if you should go to the theater just yet. That, that, that's what it is. Oh, my son said, what about Space Jam? Yes, Father, Son, movie night, Space Jam 2. Come on, somebody. All right, what was I talking about again? The rest of the message. Okay, here we go. Rest of the message. Come on, squirrel. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Yeesh. Let me just do this. Let me just do this. Um, if I start down this road, we're going to be here a minute. So this is what I'm going to do. Here, here, here's where we're going to end. Here's where we're going to end. Um, Proverbs 25 and verse 28 from the Living Bible Translation. Here it is. It says, a man without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. So notice... Uh, Israel had some patterns that kept them out of the promised land. I'm not going to get to point two and three. I'm just going to close out my first point. And so Paul identifies these patterns. There were five. There were five recurring patterns in the lives of the Israelites. You might identify yourself in one of these five. <laughs> some of these five. <laughs> Y'all said it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Y'all said it. Five patterns that kept them, that made them 40-year circling the desert people. And God said, listen, this is, this is written as an example and it's written for your admonition. So here it is, here it is. Uh, Paul addresses Israel's pattern of self-sabotage. What nobody keeping them out of the promised land but themselves, right? And so Paul identifies these five areas. Here it is. It says, now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust, here's the first one, after evil things as they also lusted. Now, let me just clarify 
Because some of us, when we think of lust, we think of only one thing in a physical, carnal, maybe even sexual way. But lust carries the connotation also of covetousness. Wanting what your neighbor has. And that's why when God entrusted the Ten Commandments, <laughs> come on, to Moses on Mount Sinai, the Tenth Commandment was, thou shalt not what? Covet. It says your neighbor's goods, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's calf or his cows or his livestock or your neighbor's wife. Or your, let me, pretty much what God would say is don't lust after what's not yours to have. And that's part of the problem. The seed of self-sabotage. We can't actualize our potential because we steady lusting after things that God says it's either not for you or it's not for you now. Keeping up with the Joneses. The bigger house, the bigger car. Mm -hmm. Some people in life are just motivated by one-upping somebody. They're not satisfied and they don't feel content about their life until they can just have one, just one level better. Oh, wow, they just bought a house for $400,000. I'm going to get one for four fifty. dollars And we can never get to, to what God says is our potential. First thing, it says that we should not lust as they also lusted. Ooh, verse 7, and do not become idolaters as were some of them. Now, most of us think of idolatry like, you know, a graven image. We think of the golden calf that they built. But an idol is simply anything that I put before God. So think of anything in your life. Think of anything in your life right now that is keeping you back from being all in. It's an idol. And it is a seed of self-sabotage. And the entire book of Exodus was written for us as our example. That we would not succumb to lust and that we would not succumb to idols. In fact, 1 John, uh, is it 1 John? I think it's 1 John. The way John ends the letter is... Little children, beware of idols. That's how he closed the letter. Number three, number three. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Number, th number three, nor let us commit sexual immorality. Oh, Lord, we're going to get into some of that. We're going to get into some of that. Talking about seeds of self-sabotage. <laughs> Song of Solomon. The way it's written, it says, do not awaken love before it's time. Come on, somebody. When I read that verse, the first thing I think about is gremlins. <laughs> Don't feed them after a certain time. Don't get them wet. Don't let, right? As long as you don't awaken love before it's time. You good. And the scripture says these things were written for our admonition. I'm about to close. Am I? Yes, I am. This is the cue for the team to come and start playing the Academy Award music to get me off the stage. Number four. 
Well, this is number three, but verse eight says, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Verse nine, and this is number four. Hey, nor let us tempt Christ. Mm. Mm. I'm just going to leave that right there because if I start talking about that, we're going to go on for a while. Tempting Christ, we'll talk about what that means. And number five, whoo, this seems so innocent. It says, nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Number five is murmuring and complaining. And I promise you, this is where I close. Maybe you see yourself in one or more of these um, Seeds of self-sabotage that kept the Israelites in the desert longer than God intended for them to stay. Maybe you see yourself there. What God is doing, like the song uh, uh, we just did, the lyrics to the song said, my, my heart needs a surgeon. On this Father's Day, that's what God is saying. If you find yourself in any of these things, you identify with the, the Lord saying, I want to be your surgeon and do that work in your heart. And I, your soul needs a friend. Now, patterns, patterns are activated. Y'all ready for this? They are activated by our triggers. And I wish I could say that everybody got the same trigger. But I would be lying to you if I said that. So if you're going to identify the patterns in your life, the things that are predictable in your life, the first thing you got to do, Converge, is you got to identify your triggers. And, this, and let me tell you why this is important. <laughs> this is important because when you read the book of Exodus, can I just tell you Israel's trigger? Y'all ready for it? Israel's trigger as God was taking them out of bondage through the wilderness into a land flowing with milk and honey, you know what always set them off? Yeah, the seed of self-sabotage was triggered. These five things were triggered by one thing, and that is adversity. Every time life got hard for the Israelites, their feet were taking them to a land of promise, but when they came up against the wall, they were ready to turn around and go back to Egypt. Every single time they began to complain against Moses and say, why'd you bring us out here to die? Life was better in Egypt, even though we were slaves. And they wanted to trade their freedom in the wilderness for bondage in Egypt because life got hard for a moment. And there are some of us in this room tonight who are triggered. The patterns that repeat themselves in our lives are Activated by this trigger called adversity. Every time life gets hard, forget God. He brought me out here to kill me. And my question is tonight, are you willing to get out of your own, ain't nobody doing it to you but you? Are you willing to allow God to do the work in your heart as you do this exercise of introspection to say, Lord, what are my patterns and what are my triggers that cause me to run back to what is familiar 
instead of running to the Father again and again and again and again. So next week we're going to pick up this conversation because what God wants us to do is he wants us to take responsibility for our liberty and our freedom in him by looking inward as we look upward. Father, I ask you now to seal this word in our hearts. No man, no woman in this room exempt from what you desire to do in our hearts and our lives. God, your word declares over and over, you repeat and remind us of our amazing potential in you. That we could be above only and not beneath the head and not the tail. That we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that you prepared in advance. That's our potential. That we can have life and have it more abundantly. That's the potential. It is possible, but it's not actual. But God, I, in this season, in this season, help us, help us to identify and recognize the patterns and the triggers that undermine the journey, that sabotage the good things you send us send our way. The things, the decisions, the choices, and the actions that keep us stuck, taking lap after lap around the desert when you've already opened the door to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Would you help us be that kind of church, God, by your grace, not in our own strength, but yielding and surrendering to the work, the deep abiding work of the Holy Spirit so that we can get out of our own way as God, you make a way. We trust you to do that now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody tonight? Amen. And amen. Listen, we're so glad, we're so glad, uh, Converge, that you joined us tonight. And my friend Todd and his beautiful wife are both here. Our Preston Trail family, uh, they're in the house. Always honored uh, to see you guys. And, uh, and all of this is possible, man, because of their friendship and their partnership uh, with us. And it's, it's, for se it's been several years. So again, uh, on behalf of myself and, and Wendy and the entire Converge family, thank you. Thank you for, for allowing us to do this. Listen. What I need y'all to do as we, as we wrap up the service, what I need from y'all, man, is get the word out. Listen, this is Saturday nights. It's the middle of summer. Uh, people probably been doing yard work and they've been doing all the errands and everything. Listen, it's tough to break in the middle of your day to make time for community and worship. But, man, I don't want anybody to miss what God is doing in this season here at Converge, right? So you tell them you need to be here. You tell them need to come. And my prayer is as we work through all the things we need to work through and make the adjustments, by the time we get to September, man, we'll be packing this place out to the glory of God. So why don't you stand with us as we prepare to be dismissed? Alrighty. Thank you again for being with us. Converge family, both local and global, we love you, we honor you. Once again to the Laos family, we celebrate you. Uh, in this important season in your life as you uh, celebrate the dedication of your son, Kaysen, 
Uh, let's pray. Father, as we leave this place, we don't leave your presence. God, go with us, go before us, and God, be our rear guard. As we leave this place, Father, we leave with the assurance, God, that you are with us and you are for us, and the best is yet to come. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you for being a good, good father who is perfect in all of his ways. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.